Hi guys, welcome to another video from, well, another podcast actually from BetfairTradingCommunity.com. Um, I hope you've enjoyed these. I really love the feedback we're getting. Thanks so much for everyone who gets in touch. Just says how much they enjoy the podcast. Um, you know, especially when people say they enjoy kind of the realness of the way it's done and the fact that it's not really planned and I just kind of talk off piece. But it's just the true kind of inside the mind of a pro trader. So I think people, you know, obviously appreciate that. And obviously I appreciate everyone who supports us. So thanks very much, guys. Um, and yeah, uh, basically today what I want to talk about is uh, something called Sod's Law. Right now, if you're not British, you might not have actually heard this phrase. I don't know uh, how well it's known across the world, um, but it's kind of Sod's Law is kind of uh, basically an irony that you will find happens a lot in trading, and I'm going to explain it a bit uh, as we go on here. But this, the the place I see it most is when someone starts a strategy. So you might have been testing a strategy for two, three months. It's made really good profit. Bang, bang, bang. You then start to put money on it because you're confident on it. And the first few trades go awry and unexpectedly you lose. Now, that's basically Sod's Law. It's that everything was going perfect. But as soon as you change and decide to put some money on, for no reason other than that, that you know the strategy is still the same. Your selection criteria is the same. Other than variance and luck and randomness, there's no real other reason for that to happen. But it does happen. And it, and it's amazing, isn't it, how often it does tend to happen. The amount of times I've tested something, I think I'm onto an absolute winner. Only for the first few trades when I go live with it to go down the pan. Now, the first thing I'll say on this is that it's common, right? So if it does happen to you, don't be taken back. Most people, I'd say most professional traders, you know, people who really like us, do this for a living, will have experienced this at least once, if not many times when testing strategies. So that's the first thing I'd say. Don't get disheartened. And I think this is one of the biggest things in trading in general is don't get too disheartened after a certain thing doesn't go your way straight away. Um, what will happen and why I think it sticks in the mind when this does happen is because when you go live with a strategy, your first few trades are under the microscope. You've not done it before, even though you've tested it. And therefore, actually, you take those first few trade results with more importance than, say, when you get to the hundredth trade. Okay, Because you haven't done many, it's under the microscope, you might be viewing it closely, willing it to do well and then when it doesn't it becomes frustrating whereas once you've got to 100 trades you've kind of been there done that you kind of know what to expect and perhaps you're more willing to accept variance and believe in the strategy you've got and therefore you can carry on doing well with it now that's that's kind of the advice i would give any trader is to don't just give up right don't just give up because a few bad results go your way after you've tested. You've tested something for three months and it's gone well. And the moment it doesn't do well for a little bit, um, you know, there's no point throwing your toys out of the pram about it. And I can give many, many uh, kind of examples of this. I'm actually going to try and find some now on my, on my master sheet. 
Um, now, if you're a member of Betfair Trading Community, obviously you get access to my master sheet, which basically shows uh, kind of a selection. So it basically shows the systems I trade on football um, and the systems that I trade. So some are live, some aren't. Um, the ones that are live tend to be in, in our filter software, so you can actually get these selections yourself from our filter software. You don't even need me to email them to you. You can get them every day. Um, and the beauty of the master sheet is I record all the results. Okay, so obviously, I think I've got, I'll, I'll add it up now. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. So I'm, I'm, I've got 13 strategies that I either trade or test. Now, obviously, you know, say a busy weekend like this, even if I every 13 strategies, every one of them was live, I wouldn't be able to get on every single trade. Um, so what I tend to do is write down whether it wins or not, certain data points like half time, full time, maybe if there's a goal after 60 minutes, etc., etc. first half goal, second half goal, and I get percentages. And then when I get those percentages and the strike rates, I can kind of work out has it been profitable you know even if i haven't got on that selection would i have made money with it i actually write as well on the sheet the amount of money you need to make per 10 pound risked uh to make profit and often you know some of these things have such good strike rates that you only need to make like two pounds per trade uh from a 10 pound trade to make money uh which is reassuring but but what you will see is that you'll get losing runs and there's one in particular that i've been testing um, just GFHG I've called it on the sheet if you're on the sheet you can actually check this out yourself now it went through a bit of a rough patch um, I'm gonna let's see 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 12 13 14 15 16 17 18 so in 18 games this is the rough patch we had 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 so only 7 out of 18 won right which is not great. It's not a disaster by any means. And this strategy goes for a first half goal after 15 minutes. So often you're getting 1.6 odds plus. Um, but yeah, obviously you want that figure to be a lot higher. So to only get 7 out of 18 was disappointing. Now, at that point, when we got the 18th result, I'd actually tested 80 games. Okay, So a decent amount of data, not massive by a long shot, and certainly not a data point where I'd want to start putting money on something but nevertheless still a fair amount of results now I I think a lot of traders would just have scrapped it at that point you know even though it's certainly not a bad system even at the strike rate it was on I think it was around 65% something like that so if you were still getting well above 1.5 on average odds um, you would make money but the profits probably minimal you know you're not looking at massive profits either way there um, so what's amazing here is that you've had 7 out of 18 maybe you want to give up on the strategy this is the beautiful thing and this is what I talk about Sod's Law because Sod's Law would have been you scrap this strategy now I'm going to count it here 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 14 winners in a row it's just reeled off after that so it just shows, doesn't it? The win percentage is around 71% now, um, which is actually my best first half goal filter after 15 minutes that I'm testing or I'm live with uh, percentage-wise. We're up to nearly 100 results. Still too early days. I know that variance could still happen. You could still end up around 65%. 
Um, but the interesting thing is, it could have been scrapped, and a lot of people, I think, would have scrapped it at that stage. Um, and it's so important to learn. Now, the best example I can actually give you is the ELO lays. Now, if anyone follows these again, they're on my master spreadsheet with all the results. Um, we've got over 100 results on this one, but Richard's actually, this is one of Richard's systems, and he's been testing this for a year, um, where he lays a weak team if they take the lead. Uh, there's certain criteria that has to be met. You can find this all on the website. Just go to betfairtradingcommunity.com forward slash en forward slash trading dash strategies and you'll see all our trading strategies and this one is just called laying the dog richard's elo rating lays now again this is a strategy that had a bit of a bad run right it's been phenomenal it's had a year of making what 70 points odd profit and then the few months i've been looking at it so i've been looking at it just over two months now made a massive profit in the first month but then it went through a bit of a rough patch, right? So now, partly because I get in at any point in the game, you can get on a run of a few losers. So for example, if a team goes 1-0 down at 72 minutes, it's great for me because I can lay it normally at heavy odds on. Um, and if the, you know, the favorite originally does equalize, I can take a really nice profit. However, I know that in that spot, laying at 72 minutes, a lot of the time they're not going to have time to come back. Um, the same on 80 minutes. So a few of these results were post 60 minutes when the team went behind. Um, let's count. One, two, three, four, five. So five of these losses were actually from that position. And maybe that's a position I can look at in the future and go, okay, if they, they go behind that late in the game, I can leave it. However, because they're often heavy odds on, like I say, the risk reward is still worth it. But it had a run. It actually had a run of four losses in a row, six out of seven, and seven out of ten. Um, and then add another two, nine out of, let's see, five, nine out of 14. Okay, so only five winners out of 14. Not great, is it? Again, remember, a lot of these would have been heavy odds on lays, so you're not looking at massive liabilities. Um, but, understandably, might put someone off. Now imagine you've joined Betfair Trading Community on the 22nd of August, right? You've done a month. You've done, not even a month, actually. This this period happened before, basically, the start of September. So, let's say a 10-day period, right? where basically you've had a bad run okay now how many people in that spot would give up on a strategy a lot right let's be honest here a lot and how many times would you have given up on a strategy now what i love and the reason i bring this strategy up uh, as kind of the main one is that this actually has very little to do with me this strategy this is richard's strategy he's developed it I kind of filter out a little bit more some of the selections uh, just based on what I think of the leagues and things like that. And he does the same on his. What I love about it, he didn't get down about it, right? Uh, now, unfortunately, you do get the odd person who just doesn't understand variance. And so they will criticise in that spot. And fair play to Richard. He took it in his stride. He didn't deserve any criticism. He, he's fed us a strategy that's made money. Um, but... 
he took it in a stride and basically just said, this is variance. I believe in a strategy. I know it's going to pick up again. And I've seen the curve. You know, I've tested it for well over a year now and I've seen the curve. You will have bad days. But if that snake on the graph just keeps going up, you're going to make money. And, and I think that's something people need to understand. Now, again, this has just reeled off seven wins in a row. And like I say, when you're laying at 61 minutes, 59 minutes, you're looking at potentially big profits because you're laying at heavy odds on a lot of the time at that time of a game. So that's kind of what I want people to remember here. Don't get too fixated on the short term. There's a lot of people who get fixated on the short term. And Sod's Law will be when you put money on something or when you do something or you try something, often you can start with a few losers, right? That doesn't mean it's a bad strategy. It certainly doesn't mean that. You have no idea. There's not enough data for you to make a determination on whether it's a good or a bad strategy at that point. And when there is enough data, like Richard has, you know, well, I've made a lot of money from this so far. I'm going to keep going with it for now. Um, and let's just see if it can get back up that ladder again. You know, give it a couple more months. I certainly want to be pulling out of any strategy after two or three days. You know, and if you do lose confidence to the point where you don't want to put money on anymore, I understand that. But you can paper trade it. Whatever you do, paper trading is fine. And by paper trading, if you don't know, it just means testing it without putting money on. That's fine. I do that. I've, I've got strategies on this sheet I'm testing at the moment. I've got, um, let's see, one, two, three, uh, four, five, kind of six. So six strategies out of those 13 are actually ones I'm testing at the moment daily you know i don't put money on them why would i um i haven't got enough data i don't know if they're going to be profitable over the long term but this is the beauty of trading you can test you can do these things now if you do lose enough confidence that you do just want to go and test by all means do that you know there's absolutely nothing wrong with doing that and i feel like some people almost feel like there is um but that's just silly because there's absolutely nothing wrong with testing there's absolutely nothing wrong with just taking a cautious approach to start with and actually figuring out, you know, is this a good long-term strategy? Is this likely to make me money? How can I filter it further to make the selections even more spot on? I've given two examples in this podcast of kind of sod's law where it's gone against you and some people have been put off by that and I've seen it. You know, and it worries me. It really does worry me. It worries me when I when I see comments like, "Oh, this is this is a terrible strategy." You know, and I say, "How many games have you traded?" Oh, I've traded three. Seriously, three? You're taking three as a data point? Do you think there's any data? So, I mean, I'm not having a go because I understand it's difficult. No one wants to lose money, and if you are putting money on something you're not confident on, and you lose money, it's difficult. There's a solution to that. Don't put money on until you're confident. I mean, that's the biggest solution because the moment you're putting money on something you don't feel confident about, I don't think you're going to make great decisions on it. And I don't really see the point. Um, but do you think any data company in the world goes, I've got three results here, therefore I can make conclusions? Because that's insane. You know, it always makes me laugh when you get... <laughs> when you, American sports are really bad at this, right? They love data, um, but journalists especially don't understand data very well in America because they'll use stats uh, to try and prove that someone's a bad player 
when there's not enough data. So baseball is a great one for this. They love their analysis, you know. So a player could have, let's say, a 30% on base percentage, and that means, uh, well, 300, they'd call it, a 300 on base percentage in baseball, and that just basically means 30% of the time they get on base. Either they hit for a base hit, or they walk, they're given a walk by the pitcher, right? Or something like that, they end up on base, maybe an error. Now, someone might then say, oh, this guy's, you know, he's lost it, he's, he's terrible. Look, he's only got a 10% on base percentage. And then it's like, well, how many, how many at-bats is that over? And they're like, oh, well, it's just two or three games, so about 10 at-bats. That's not enough of a data point. You can't know anything from 10 at-bats in baseball. Um, you know, it's, it's not an easy thing, is it, an at-bat in baseball? And, you know, people get out a lot more than they score. It's not like cricket where you can kind of defend your way out. Uh, baseball, you've got to swing for the fences, and it's quite easy to get out. But the point is, there's not enough data point there, is there, to say, right, 10%, he's on base. That's bad. It used to be 30%. Okay, how many at-bats was it over last season? 500. All right, so you're comparing a data point from 500 results to 10. You know, it, it just makes me laugh. You see in the NFL, these teams, they get a rating. This is the worst defense in the league. How many games they played? Two. Well, how the hell do you know, right? Because it's not like they've played every team in the league. There's not anywhere near enough data to make that conclusion. They might have actually just played the two best teams in the league, for all you know. They might have played the eventual Super Bowl winners, for all you know. You have no idea at that stage in a season, two games in. The people still try and, you know, use these data points. Um, and it does make me laugh because, uh, you know, we need we need things over a long period of time to really get uh, a conclusion. And I think that's the key with trading, right? Because it doesn't matter. To the American sports journalists, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if what they're saying is pretty irrelevant. What matters is to us when we're putting money on things that we're aware of this stuff, we're aware of data points and, you know, what's important. Um, and I'm kind of always reminded uh, in some of these things, you know, just be careful about who you listen to as well with that stuff because one thing I'm always very wary of and I always laugh at this, it's a little bit off topic but not that much, I guess, when they get people on TalkSport, right, because I listen to TalkSport a lot. I love it for the sports update. Sport's my religion, as you can probably tell, right? So I listen to it. I don't agree with everything people say on there, etc., etc. Um, I don't even agree that a lot of the presenters are particularly great. But it's sport, you know, and it's the option uh, in this country, and I enjoy it. So, um, But what I, what I find amazing is when they get people on from betting companies who sponsor the show... So they've paid money to be advertised. They then get one of their experts in to talk about trading or betting, which makes me laugh because they're not experts. They're people who just work for the company. Essentially, they're PR people, uh, puppets for Betfair. I mean, you might see people like this. There's quite a few of them on YouTube. just absolute puppets for Betfair. Anyone who's sponsored by a betting company, my God, you know, what is their intention? Just think about that for a second before you start. It always makes me laugh. You start listening to it. Um, you know, we've been approached before, uh, me and Ryan, and we've always turned that stuff down because, you know, we want integrity. We want kind of openness and honesty. And you can't do that when you're working for someone else. You can't do that when you're working for a company. And what makes me laugh is you get these people on TalkSport and they go, oh, this is a good value bet. Um, you know, oh, I think that's a big price. And it makes me laugh because you think, well, 
what do you actually know? Where's your results? Where's your history? Where's anything that you've done? Nowhere. You're giving out advice, basically saying people should back something. You've worked for a betting company whose interest it is, and never forget this, their interest is for you guys to lose money, right? Bookmakers especially do not want anyone to make money. Most people know that, right? But if you don't know that, be very aware of that. When you get people on there and they go, oh yeah, this horse, great price. Um, often they're quoting you bad prices for a start because the price will be a lot bigger on Betfair. Um, but even people who work on the exchanges, you have to be a little bit wary of it, right? Obviously I love Betfair. Betfair is my life. Um, but at the same time, I'm still very wary that people who work for Betfair in any capacity or are sponsored by Betfair they don't want to create lots of winners because if you end up with lots of winners in a market, the market becomes basically unbalanced. But they want they want mug punters who punt loads of money into the markets. That's why they always give those people incentives. I mean, I used to get offers from Betfair. You probably found it the same, um, where they give you free bets and things, not just on a sports book, but on the exchange. Well, those soon dried up for me. Um, which which kind of makes me laugh because people who actually do pay tons of money in commission, like myself, um, we don't get any of the offers. Why? Because they want the mug punters. Because they'll let them keep getting those offers, even when they've been a member for two or three years. You know, they want people to keep getting uh, putting their money in the markets, and they don't want people who are clever with their money, like us. And that's understandable. You know, they they want that market to be seeded properly. Um, and obviously if all the clever money is on the market it could become very lopsided um, and could affect the industry I guess um, and I guess you know we're, we're careful with it as well that's why we do have a cap on BTC um, and we don't let people in all the time and we do have a cap on numbers uh, to make sure that obviously everything every edge we do give away is not just being given away to the whole of Betfair um, so yeah it's uh, kind of gone off on a bit of a tangent there but it just makes me laugh because uh, you know anyone who's following one of these racing tipsters on uh, or football tipsters on TalkSport just be very wary um, because just remember their their only interest is, to, is for you guys to lose because that's how they make all their money um, so anyway Sod's Law Right? If you don't know it, you'll get to know it. It will happen at some point to you in your trading. Um, don't let bad runs knock you down. You know That's the key thing with, uh, with any sort of trading. If you let the bad runs knock you down or knock you for six, um, you could throw away something that's good. And I've given two examples in this podcast of two really good strategies. Um, well, one that I know is a very good strategy. The other one's still early days of testing, to be fair. But... They had a bad run and they then bounce back with, with winners in a row. And this quite often happens with good strategies. You quite often can go through a period where you have a good run. You know, even on Riches, we've had things like 11 in a row, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. I've had one with 13 in a row. So that's three separate runs of 7, 11, and 13 within 100 results. So that's amazing, you know those kind of runs you can go on um, and you can ride those waves that will happen as well 
you know. Um, it's a bit like when you do roulette. If you've ever done roulette and done those casino offers, which a lot of them are worth doing, so check those out if you haven't already done them, because I made a fair bit of money out of those over the years. Um, I know my dad made an absolute mint out of them in the early days because uh, they used to just give you like hundreds of pounds worth of bonus and you didn't have crazy rollovers and it was very easy to actually come out with four or five hundred quid an offer, um, which is insane, you know, without having to take any major risks. Uh, Unlike now where it tends to be, yeah, you might have a shot at making some good money, um, but we're going to make you do like 50, 60 times turnover and it can only be on slots, etc, etc. Um, and you have to put down a fair bit of money to start with. Um, but yeah, it kind of rem reminds me, if you do the roulette, and you can spin blackjack, and you can quite often get runs, can't you? Of sort of 8, 9, 10 in a row of black or red you know, just in a row where you go, well, it's 50-50, well, it's actually slightly less than 50% because of zero, of course, but let's just say it's 50-50 a turn, and yet to get 10 of those in a row is so unlikely, but you see it so often if you do these kinds of offers and you're spinning the roulette wheel regularly. So you notice and you start to understand variance, and, and all that matters, like Richard said, and this is what I'll leave it on, get that snake on the graph to keep going up. Um, you know, if, if you can get that graph to keep going in a positive direction over the long term, don't worry about the highs and lows. Just see that profit moving up over time. That is literally all that matters. So, you know, don't let sod's law beat you. Um, and I hope you enjoyed listening to this, guys. I've enjoyed rambling on. Um, thanks again for all the positive feedback. It does help because it gives you it gives me motivation to do this stuff. Um, like I say, a lot of the stuff with BTC, obviously, you know, I'm a pro trader. I spend a hell of a lot of time trading, spend a hell of a lot of time working on BTC. Um, and I don't have to do that stuff, but I love doing it. I love doing it with you guys. And, you know, because in, in the general, most people are really good and, and, you know, fully understanding and willing to learn. And if you are one of those people, then you will thrive at BTC. And that's why people do thrive here. And so it's brilliant, uh, like I say, to have such lovely feedback. Um, and I just wish everyone well. Uh, obviously, COVID's still going on when I'm doing this particular podcast. Wish everyone well. Keep safe. Hopefully things go back to uh, fairly normal soon. NFL's starting today. My favourite sport in the world. So I'm absolutely buzzing for Red Zone at 6pm. Um, I'm probably not going to talk to my wife for about three hours, which I think she's going to be too happy about. Um, but I'm going to enjoy it anyway. So take care, guys.